In a world that can be challenging and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up, that by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Hi, this is Stephanie James and welcome to The Spark. So happy to have you here with us on the show today. This is really where we can help you ignite your best life with the very best in transformational coaches, the best in psychology, spirituality, science, entrepreneurs. So we are thrilled to have you here with us today. And I am absolutely thrilled to have my friend and wonderful mentor, truly, Patrick Dominguez. Thank you so much, Patrick, for being here. So great to be here with you, Stephanie, with everyone. Well, thank you. I'm going to read just a little bit about you, Patrick, because I really want to share with the audience some of the amazing things you have done. So just to go back a little bit about Patrick's history, Patrick is the founder and CEO of innercoach.com. And it trains people around the world to become extraordinary coaches and healers. Patrick has coached and trained thousands of business uh, business owners around the world to break through the inner blocks that get in your way. So you can create the business and life that you love. I absolutely love this. Patrick brings the latest in neuroscience to help business owners and business professionals create rapid interchange and to release the deepest blocks and inner ceilings that hold them from creating the business impact and desires that they want. So today we're going to be talking about how to transform your relationship with money and step into your power with money, which I'm so excited. And I do have to say, Patrick, just, you know, I, I had to say mentor because even in our few conversations, I always feel like I glean some nugget of wisdom from you. And I just appreciate our conversation so much. So I'm really excited to have you here today to be talking about this. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for the warm welcome and intro. And, you know, one thing I appreciate about you is you're just such a bright light in the world, just such an inspiration to people. So I can only imagine the sort of people, you know, who you attract to your world and the people listening in today are people, you know, with really big gifts and a lot to contribute to the world. And in my experience, a lot of people who have big gifts and want to make a big difference are often not making the money that they want to make as well. You know, they they want to be compensated better for all the, the the gifts that they have and the impact they want to be giving. And so that's what we're up to today is if you're wanting if our listeners here today are wanting to create more financial success or stability or savings. I know for a long time as a business owner, I was just spending everything I was making. There was no savings. And so if people here are wanting to have more financial abundance or wealth, my intention for everybody listening today is to discover what's in the shadows for them 
that's keeping you as a listener from having the, the finances or the success you're wanting or, or what's keeping you from bringing that big impact into the world that you're wanting to have. So my intention is we're going to talk about that, but then we're actually going to create an experience of money transformation today. And we're going to have an interactive activity that everybody listening in is going to get to participate in with us today. So you'll actually have a money breakthrough today right here with us. So excited about that. I am so excited that I get to do this exercise with you and that all the listeners get to benefit from it. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about your background because you definitely, I know that you had I, 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 so many uh, experiences that led you to this point. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know that you did some major work with Bill and I'm, I'm not remembering his last name, but yeah. Bill Barron, yeah. Bill Barron. You know, let me start with a little bit of a personal money story, and then I'll talk about some of the work I was doing with Bill on, on the business side of things. But I remember uh, this pivotal moment. Uh, by the way, have you noticed that even talking about money so often is kind of a taboo topic? You know, how often are you at a, a dinner party with friends or just maybe a, a dinner with one friend or with family? How often do people talk about money? You know, either oh, I made so much money this month, I'm like really rocking it. Or, you know, oh, I'm struggling to pay my bills or I really wish I were saving more for retirement. Just even though these are some of the biggest desires and challenges that people have, it's so rare to hear people talk about these things. And I think that's part of the greater issue is that money is kind of this big taboo topic for so many people. Yeah. And that's why I'm so glad we're talking about it today. It's like, yeah. you're, you're kind of taking the blinders off and allowing people to say, Hey, it's okay. We can talk about this. You know, we can see what's really going on with us. Exactly. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think I'm a bit of an unlikely money ambassador because, uh, you know, a story I wanted to share with you, Stephanie, and everybody here is I remember being at this dinner, funnily enough, uh, being at a dinner with a, a group of friends probably 15 years ago and it was one of my best friends from college and some other really good friends. And we were at this really nice restaurant in San Francisco. And one of, the, one of my friends at the table said, I'd like to go around and hear from everybody at the table how much money you think you need to be earning to have the lifestyle you want. And I remember I was already sweating just when that topic came up because I knew my, my perspective was going to be like kind of embarrassing because at that time I was barely making any money. Uh, I wasn't saving anything. I wasn't saving towards a house or, you know, sort of bigger things I wanted in life. So we went around and my college friend started things off and he said, you know, I think he said, I think to have the lifestyle I want, you know, with a family and kids and a house in San Francisco and so forth, I need to be making 800,000 a year. And I knew he was probably in the neighborhood of making that too, you know? Mm-hmm. And then another friend of mine, you know, she, she went and, you know, I knew she's someone who owns two homes and one of them's an investment property. And I think her number was like 600,000 and it came around to me and I was the last person to go. Cause I kind of wanted to go last. I wanted to, and I was like, okay, you guys, this is such an educational dinner for me. It felt like that book, you know, rich dad, poor dad, but it was kind of like rich friends 
poor friend and I was like the poor friend, you know, and I, and I said, you know, my number was only a hundred thousand, but now listening to all of you, I realized even though that would be a big step for me, I wouldn't be saving towards a house. If I want to have a family or, you know, a partner, it's just, especially living here in the San Francisco Bay area, just barely, you know, scraping by. So I thought I'm setting my sights so low. Okay. And I realized there was stuff going on inside that was having me just sort of have my goals be just the bare minimum to make it by. And, you know, after that, I did a lot of reflecting on that. And of course I got teased by my friends and so forth, but that dinner really helped me sort of look at uh, how I was holding myself with money. And I reflected on that and I realized growing up, my family kind of had enough, you know, to put food on the table and, you know, I think we were doing okay, but it wasn't enough where oftentimes I would ask for things and I would get a no because we didn't have the money for it. And so I kind of learned growing up that asking for extra more than just the basics and, you know, don't get me wrong. I think we were doing great as a family and I'm grateful for everything we had, but when I would ask for something kind of extra and beyond, it was often no. And not only that, I felt kind of guilty for asking. Maybe one of my parents felt guilty because they, you know, they couldn't. Uh, and they were, I think they were managing things well. And so I kind of, it got imprinted inside to not ask for something extra because that might cause a hardship or it might cause, you know, feelings of guilt or shame and so forth. And so even sitting at that dinner table with friends, I felt guilty sort of asking for more than the bare minimum for myself in life. But then I was surrounded by these people who were not only asking for more, but they were having it. And so that was kind of a, like a big pivotal moment in terms of me thinking about, well, what is it that I really want to have financially, but also in terms of just having the sort of life that I wanted to have? Yeah. Yes. So from that moment, guide us through what happened. So you had an awakening, it sounds like, really. I did. And so shortly after that, I decided to set out my own shingle as a business coach. And uh, I had had a background in marketing. I had been a marketing director for five companies prior. So I had a strong background in marketing and growing businesses and so forth. But I noticed when it came time to growing my own business and not being an employee for someone else's, I was running into all my money stuff. And a lot of it had been kind of, some of it had been surfaced at that, you know, dinner conversation, but I noticed it was hard for me to ask clients for money, for example, and to ask for anything, you know, beyond just like a a few hundred dollars. Uh, And so I started seeing my money stuff come out. Uh, At the time I started working with this amazing master of transformation, uh, a genius at NLP and sort of other deep uh, transformational and healing modalities And that helped me a lot with my own money stuff. And then I got very interested in learning how to work with other people and their money stuff. And as a business coach, when I was uh, in my first few years, I found I was very adept at working with people on business strategy because that's where I had come from. So I was good at helping people with their message, right? Their, their Their message to market sort of thing, packaging their services, creating their marketing plan and so forth. But I noticed that so many of my clients had their own money blocks and other types of blocks as well. And so I decided that to really be able to help 
these entrepreneurs who were coming to me, I needed to be able to not only help them with business strategy, but also with the money blocks, because I had a bunch of clients who had beliefs like uh, it's not spiritually right to have a lot of money, for example, or it's not, it's not right to charge people money for uh, giving them gifts that came to you naturally, for example. And so I realized I could give people all sorts of business coaching, business strategy, marketing advice, but if their relationship with money was such that they were basically pushing money away, then it didn't matter how much money, how much business strategy or advice or accountability I would provide because they were basically repelling money from a deep place inside. And I saw how much I would, I had been doing that myself. So I, I just am resonating with this so much. There, there's such a parallel for me in what I do as a psychotherapist and as a transformation coach as well, where we're really helping people because they're subconscious, right? There are these programs like you talked about from your past that even if we had a happy childhood, a quote unquote happy childhood, we still get messages around money or we get messages around self-worth. And then those play out in what we're attracting into our lives and how we're experiencing life, the lens we're looking through. Exactly. And so I'm a big believer as a coach that when you're working with someone, you need to go beyond just the action layer. You know, what are the actions you need to take to achieve goals, but you want to go to the inner psychology. And I remember probably around 25 years ago, I was listening to these Tony Robbins cassettes back when everybody was like, hey, do you have these cassettes? And uh, one of the things he said was that 90% of success is your inner psychology. And I remember at the time thinking, that seems like a massive exaggeration, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then later on, especially when I started my own business, I came to see, oh, that's, that's about right, actually, because yeah. so often people don't create that success in their business, in their career, because of their own inner psychology. And so a big segment of sort of working with your inner psychology is working with your money psychology. And so uh, since that time, <clears throat> I've created a, what I call a money transformation retreat or money transformation workshop. And I've literally taken thousands of people through money transformation. And I have a whole set of different money processes and tools and principles that I take people to kind of help empower and expand people when it comes to money. Well, and, and you lived this. I mean, I think that's a really important thing to emphasize as well. I mean, you created a multi-million dollar company. Yeah. And uh, a lot of it had to do with just facing my own demons. Right. And what I noticed was at every level, you know, when I first created my first, you know, six figure coaching business, I had to get through a lot of money stuff, but then I had set a goal to go from a hundred thousand to 500,000. And there's a saying, you know, new level, new, new devil. Right. And so there's a whole series of other sort of inner blocks and money blocks I had to look at and sort of face down to reach that next level, really not only of income, but also serving uh, as well. Cause I think a lot of people who are very heart centered, right. Who really want to make a difference in the world. They're really oftentimes not that driven by money. They're driven more by making a difference, by serving people. And I found for myself, I had to do a lot to bring that into alignment, you know, that I can serve bigger, but also earn bigger at the same time and to have those be in inner alignment inside of me. And so now I help a lot of people do the same thing. 
That's so beautiful, Patrick. I know that, you know, that for myself and for so many people that I know has been the roadblock. You know, it really is about how do we reconcile that within us? How do we feel like we really come into alignment with serving and at the same time being able to say, I am worthy or worth this amount of money? So I think this is just so important. It's dispelling these myths around wealth. You know, and, and I think some of the programs that we hear, you know, when, when I do a prosperity mindset exercise with folks, a lot of things that comes that come through are things like, oh, you know, I really heard as a child that people that were rich were unhappy or, you know, the old money is the root of all evil. And we don't realize those things actually can really set into our mindset. And so I'd rather be happy and serve than to be rich and miserable. That's right. And in fact... I brought a little list of uh, very common sort of money beliefs and money blocks I thought we could go through here, Stephanie. And, and what I'd love to do is encourage our listeners. I'm going to read through some of these. These are some of the biggest money blocks and beliefs I encounter with people. And as you're listening to this as a listener, feel free to jot any of these that resonate with you down because this will give you material that you can go then and work with on your own, or when we get to the activity in a little bit, you can bring it into the activity as well. Okay. okay I'm writing it down too, Patrick. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Perfect. Stephanie, you're, you're, I love how you're bringing it today too. And so, because I think, and you know, this Stephanie, of course, with your background as a therapist, but the starting point is awareness, right? It's good to know where are we blocked or where do we have money shadows or where are we holding ourselves back as a starting point and then to go from there. And so I'm going to read some of these off here. And so everyone, feel free to jot these down, whichever ones apply to you. So some of these are for business owners. Some of these are just for anyone. Uh, so just pick the ones that seem to resonate for you. And you kind of know if they resonate for you because you feel something in your body. You feel like, Arr! you know, some, some fear, anxiety, or just a little reaction comes up. And when you feel something, you know that there's some resonance for you. So first one is not charging for your work. So there's a lot of coaches and healers and practitioners of various kinds who just don't charge people. They offer their gifts, which is a beautiful thing. But if you want it to be a livelihood, right, then you want to be charging it for it, just like doctors do and car mechanics and plumbers and everybody else who's a you know, professional in their trade. So, so not charging for your work or undercharging for your work. So typically there's some money blocks hiding behind that. Uh, not looking at your bank statements or your financial documents. So if your credit card statements, or your bank statements kind of pile up or just go into a folder unopened. And by the way, a lot of these I know for myself from the past. So, uh, so uh, I know what these are like. Uh, keeping your financial situation vague. I often would ask clients, uh, okay, how much did you make this month? Or how much did you have you made so far this year? And people wouldn't know. Okay. And so there's a saying in business, you can't manage what you can't measure. Okay. And so, uh, so keeping your financial situation vague, if you don't know where you are financially, there's something going on inside that's keeping you from knowing. Okay. It's good to know, good to look there. It's a good place to look. Not having money goals is another one. Okay. Not knowing how much you need. Actually, a lot of people don't know, well, how much money do you need to cover all of your expenses and to be able to have the things you want, like a, a down payment for a home or a new car and so forth or you know, education for your children. Uh, uh, limiting money beliefs. You mentioned some of those already, Stephanie, but things like 
making money is hard, or I can't charge people money for helping them, or, you know, money isn't spiritual, or uh, people with money or people with a lot of money are greedy or bad in some way. And of course, there's plenty of examples of people who have a lot of money who are doing great things in the world with it as well. But, uh, but oftentimes that belief just kind of gets lodged somewhere in the unconscious. Uh, not saving money. And I mentioned that earlier for a long time in my business, I would make money and I would spend it and there was never any savings until I started working with my money beliefs and my money aspirations. So never saving, never investing, that can be an indicator of things. Uh, feeling embarrassed about the idea of having too much money or feeling embarrassed about having too little money, right? If you have charge around those kind of things, they can be uh, getting in the way of you. Uh, if you're a business owner, not doing the things you need to be doing to bring money into your business. You're busy, you're overwhelmed, you're working so hard, but somehow you're not doing the things that actually would bring money into your business. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, constantly having a hard time being clear about what work you do and how to communicate what you do in your business. If you're always in a state of that being unclear and vague, chances are there's some sort of money block going on there. Uh, procrastinating, self-sabotaging, not getting into action. Often there's uh, some money stuff going on underneath that. Uh, I'll get into a little bit more about what's underneath that in a second. Uh, waiting for somebody or something to save you. That's something I hear a lot at a deep level. If you really explore what's going on, it's like waiting for a savior. Uh, uh, not holding firm to your prices. So always giving people deals or sliding scales and so forth. Uh, I think it's okay if that's done intentionally, but if it's more like you're just caving in or you don't believe someone's going to pay you uh, what you're offering, that's a different thing. Uh, oh, here's a couple more juicy ones. Uh, deciding in advance whether someone can afford your services. I've had clients all the time say, oh, I didn't even offer my services to that person because I didn't think they could afford it. That is really disempowering if you're a coach or a practitioner to assume that someone doesn't have the power to be able to make a decision whether they can afford something or not. But it comes from your own beliefs about not wanting to be uncomfortable offering something to somebody if there's going to be some difficult difficulty with paying it. And if you're too uncomfortable to offer something to somebody, well, then it's going to make them uncomfortable to say yes. Okay. And then lastly, this is something I hear from people, especially people with a spiritual bent. Oh, I'm not just, I'm just not that interested in money. Wow. Yeah. But when you, when I've explored it further with those folks, actually there is a lot of desire and a lot of challenge going on around money, but there's a little bit of kind of spiritual bypassing, bypassing happening there. So uh, when I hear that from someone, you know, I know, okay, there's something here for somebody to shift uh, because there is an interest in money. They're here talking to me about money, but now they're telling me they're not interested. So what's having them deflect the actual interest that they do have? So that has me be curious. So those are some of the money blocks. And uh, I'm curious, Stephanie, did anything stand out for you if you're courageous enough to mention on your own show? Absolutely. Well, so I am just happy to, <laughs> because I have, you know, I, it was so funny because I'm like, I wonder what my blocks are. I'm not sure what my blocks would be. And right away I was like, oh, I don't like looking at my bank statements. I mean, I, I think I do look at them, but I don't balance them by any means. 
And I think the thing about um, keeping the financial situation really vague. So I just know money shows up. I know that I make a certain amount. Um, I just don't keep really tight tabs on all of that. And I think that as as you're speaking of that, I think, oh, because I'm uncomfortable with money. There's something about that conversation that I really have a feeling of being uncomfortable with. Yeah. Thank you for just being really authentic here and sharing that. And uh, I had the same thing. I used to have statements just pile up and then they go into a box and, and so forth. And yeah, just opening that envelope would often feel so uncomfortable. Uh, and so there's something deeper there to look at and to be released because to really be in your power with money, you want to be comfortable with money, right? Because if you think about it, if you're uncomfortable looking at money, then does money want to be you know, in your field? Does money want to be in your bank account if you're uncomfortable with it, right? Just yeah. like if you think about a, a, another human being, right? If someone, if you're, let's say you want to be friends with somebody or you want to have someone as a partner maybe, but they just feel how uncomfortable you are with them. It's not attractive. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I just had the hit of like, when you're in a relationship with someone, you have to spend time with them. You know, you have to put something into it. You have to be intentional. And so even though I'll look at, you know, what's in my bank account, you know, on a weekly basis or, you know, a couple of times a week, I'm not in relationship with that money. I'm not spending time going, okay, what am I spending too much money on? Where could I cut back? You know, what's my overall budget? Yeah, exactly. And so that was another thing I wanted to bring up today, which is there's a way we have we, there's a way in which we relate to money and we have an actual relationship with money itself. And so all these money blocks that I just shared with everybody underneath some of those items, those are kind of how your relationship with money shows up tangibly in your life. They're a reflection of the relationship that you have with money. And so underneath some of those tangible things that we talked about are uh, how we relate to money. And some of the things that are in our relationship with money are things like uh, fear of being visible. If we have, uh, if we're either, we have too, too much money or we're visibly out there doing things to generate money, we might be judged or rejected or shamed by other people. Okay. And that keeps us from having the money that we want. It's uncomfortable. There's a lot of charge there. Or there might be a fear of losing love. There's an activity I do at some of my retreats where I invite people there to imagine that you're making the money and you have all the wealth that you want. And then you go home for the holidays at Christmas or Hanukkah or Thanksgiving or, you know, a a tip, one of the traditional family holidays. I have people envision you go home for the holidays and you're there with your parents or siblings or family and you tell them, I just had the greatest year. I just made X thousand dollars and I just got this new car and so forth. And I have people kind of visualize that and then tell me, how did that feel? And usually just about everybody in the room says that felt so uncomfortable. Okay. And then it's an opportunity to see how some of our money blocks and our money behaviors are rooted in our experiences in childhood with our family of origin. And so that can relate to a fear of losing love. If I have too much money, I won't fit in. I won't belong anymore to the family, to the tribe. It's oftentimes 
when people are more successful with money, they don't tell anybody in their life. They don't tell their friends. They don't tell their family because it, it can feel embarrassing or it can feel like, oh, I'm, they're going to think I'm trying to be superior. There's a lot of inner stuff that happens, but it's kind of rooted in not wanting to lose love or connection or community. You know, and I have a perfect example of that as you say that I'm thinking about my ex and he came from, he, he was number 12 of 13 children. And so grew up in a lot of poverty. And so when he would come back to visit, I remember we had just bought, this is, you know, gosh, 15 years ago now, what we had bought a brand new video camera and he felt like he couldn't bring it to his parents' home because they still lived in that same little house that all these kids grew up in and that somehow that would be too showy. You know, having the new truck felt way too showy. So those kind of things where you're hiding an expression of having wealth or, or feeling like it's okay to have abundance. That's right. Uh, I've heard a lot of people uh, who've gotten successful in their business tell stories about parking their car around the corner when they're uh, meeting a friend for dinner or, or visiting their family or friends because they don't want that to be awkward, embarrassing. They don't want to make anybody else feel bad. And if all that stuff's coming up, that's in the relationship with money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Patrick, we need to take a quick break. I can't wait to come back and keep talking about this. This is such an important topic and I love it. I mean, we're like breaking the taboo of money by being able to just bring the light to it. So thank you so much for being here with me. Uh, everyone else, thank you so much for, for joining us. If you want to know more and you want to find out more about the events and my new film coming out, When Sparks Ignite, please go on to my website, stephaniejames.world. My new book, Becoming Fierce, is going to be available, gosh, starting in July at booksellers, wherever you buy your books. And so thrilled to have you here. Come on back where I talk more with Patrick Dominguez. Welcome back to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. I'm here with inner coach Patrick Dominguez, and we are just having a phenomenal conversation that I think is so essential. We've been talking about our relationship with money. And Patrick, we talked before the interview about doing an actual demonstration about these techniques that you use. So people at home can do it. Listeners can do it. And you and I will model that today. I'm so glad you're open to that, Stephanie. And by the way, I'm looking forward to your book, Becoming Fierce. We chatted about that last week and it just sounds like it's phenomenal. So uh, I can't wait to get a copy for myself. Thank uh, you. But yes, you know, uh, one of the frustrations for me personally is there's a lot of great books talking about money psychology. There's, I've listened to podcasts talking about money psychology. And then you're kind of left at the end, aware of your money stuff, your money baggage, your money beliefs and so forth, but then they're still there. And so I wanted to make sure in our you know, time together today that yes, we'd unearth some things so people could learn a little bit about maybe where are they stuck or blocked with money, but then we actually do something tangible to actually create some money shifts. And so Stephanie, I appreciate the fact that you're willing to be sort of my my uh my my client my subject for for this money transformation today 
But what I want to invite everybody who's here with us is basically I'm going to take Stephanie through a, a money transformation and you're invited to follow along. Okay, so basically, it's a little easier if I guide Stephanie, because you can kind of see what we're doing as a process. And then if you're listening to this, you're welcome to just follow along and do everything I'm instructing Stephanie to do, you can do too. And then you'll be able to experience your own money shifts and money transformation and shift your relationship with money, because that's, that's our aim here. So we're going to do a really fun and powerful process here to transform and improve your relationship with money. And as we're doing this, we're going to uncover some negative beliefs or energy that you have there that might be pushing money away from you. And so in the process, we're going to release some of the resistance you have towards money itself so that you have greater inner alignment with money. How's that sound, Stephanie? It sounds amazing. I love this. Okay. So I'm going to do a little overview of what we're going to do for you, Stephanie, and for everybody. And so in this process, uh, I call this uh, process the money chairs process uh, in NLP and in other modalities. Sometimes it's called the perceptual per positions. But basically in this process, we're going to have three chairs or three positions. And so Stephanie is going to have one chair, which she's sitting in right now, which is herself. There's going to be a, another chair, which is going to be the money chair. And then there's going to be a third position. That's going to be the observer position, or you can think of it as higher self or super conscious. And you can kind of think of them as forming a triangle. There's yourself, there's money, and there's the observer or the higher self. So if you're following along, you're welcome to put this on pause for a second and grab a second chair. If you only have one chair and I have one chair here, I have a second chair right here. So does Stephanie. If you only have one chair in your space, then you can sit in one chair and the other two positions in the triangle can be standing. So you could stand in, in the money, so there's you, money and observer. You could sit in your chair, stand in the money chair or the money position. I'll use chair for all three positions, whether you're sitting or standing, I'm just gonna use chair as kind of the, the metaphor. So you can stand in the money chair and you can stand in the observer chair. In our setup here, Stephanie has two chairs and then she's gonna stand in the observer position, okay? And the idea is you get to experience the energy of all of those positions in this process. Is this making sense so far, Stephanie? It does, I'm excited, I'm ready. Okay, and so before I start, I wanna just say the energy of money itself, when you, and I'm saying this to everyone listening, when you're not feeling the stuff that comes up with money, you know, sometimes it's discomfort or shame or fear or whatever may come up for you around money. When you're not feeling that stuff, money itself has a particular feeling and it often feels warm, supportive and abundant. Okay. Kind of like, you know, when like your grandparents gave you a Christmas present and it just felt warm and fuzzy. That's how money feels when our own stuff isn't coming up. So all the other stuff that's not warm, supportive, and abundant is our own stuff that we're projecting onto money. And we're going to be able to see that as we go through this process. Great. Okay. You ready to dive into this, Stephanie? I'm ready. Okay. Okay. okay so, so there you are right now in chair number one. So I'm going to call this chair one. And so this is you and you're going to get to see how you're relating to money. So I invite you now to look over at the other chair, chair number two. That's the chair where money is sitting. 
Okay. Imagine money sitting there. Imagine you're kind of in a meeting with money right now. And take a moment to just notice what money looks like. You're welcome to uh, form in your mind a, a symbol or a representation for money. And notice what money looks like. Notice how you feel towards money. Notice how you're relating to money right now. Notice if any beliefs or thoughts are coming up right now around money. And if you're willing to share what's, what's coming up, how are you feeling about money? What is it looking like? So I was imagining at first, it just kind of felt like, you know, those old fashioned money bags that we used to have. Like in the cartoons. Yeah. With, with the big dollar signs. Uh And so, you know, just kind of stacked with that. And then I saw like a big check written out a really large check. And honestly, at first I just felt really warm inside. And I was like, I love you. Like I just felt this, you know, love relationship and it's really great. And then towards the end, I kind of noticed this little bit of fear of like, oh, it's there, but I don't know how to get it. And then what was the feeling or emotions that came up when you had that thought? Definitely. Well, I got a hit like right in my solar plexus. And so I think, I mean, so there was that little bit of, I would say fear or a little bit of anxiety Mm -hmm. of like, I know that it's there. And I believe in that, that money is an energy. And so like, just to open up to it felt beautiful. It felt wonderful. And then to feel like, oh, I don't know if I can get it. There was like a contraction or constriction Mm -hmm. on my part. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. And so everybody listening in, feel free to note what were you feeling? What beliefs, thoughts were coming up around money? Because this is actually revealing what's there in your relationship with money because you're relating with money right now in your sort of imagination. And this is uncovering what's there. And you're welcome to, to jot this down, to journal on it, because you're getting some big clues here about what's happening and maybe what's between you and money. Okay, great stuff, Stephanie. And so now I'm going to invite you in a sec to just leave you, Stephanie, in the chair you're in. This is the you chair, chair number one. Yeah. And you're going to get up and go into chair number two. Leave all of you in this chair and you're going to step into, you're going to sit down into the chair of money and actually be money itself. You're going to step into or sit into, as it were, the energy of money, and you're going to feel what that's like. So when you're ready, just go ahead and step okay. out of you and into money. And if you're listening to this, you can stand up, shake it off and sit down in the money chair. And now Stephanie and everyone following along, just enter into money's point of view, become the energy of money. Very good. Yes, I can see you're doing it. Notice what it's like to be money, notice what the money of energy is like. Yeah, so expansive. Mm -hmm. So just, it just feels very luminant. It's just, wow. It feels amazing. I know. I mean, very high vibrating. Yeah, your smile is beaming. Your body language is expanding out. Yes, exactly. So 
all the stuff that isn't this is our projection onto money based on our upbringing and our our cultural experiences and our experiences with friends and everything else that's infused our relationship and experiences with money okay and so for people listening if you're sitting in the money chair and you're feeling anything else other than like sort of this warm glow that stephanie's talking about if you're feeling anything negative or anxious then that's from your family experience with money okay so sometimes when someone sits in the money chair if a lot of stuff comes up what they're bringing in is not their own energy with money, but their family's energy with money. If that's happening for you right now, then my invitation to you is to step into a fourth chair and either you can bring along a fourth chair or just go stand someplace outside of this triangle and notice what is, notice what energy in your family are you experiencing right now? Okay, because if any stuff is coming up for you right now, notice how is that the energy of your family? And then that would be a whole other process, which would be to release the energy of your family that's showing up for you in the money chair. And we're not going to do that today. But uh, if you're feeling that, I would say just stay in that chair and breathe and just see what you can do to just allow that to flow down your body out your feet into the ground and to for that to release okay for anyone who's experiencing anything but warm goodness in this chair okay for everyone who's feeling warm goodness like you stephanie so now go ahead and look over at yourself sitting in chair one imagine you're looking at stephanie okay and now how is money relating to stephanie so i'm asking you as money so money mm -hmm. how are you relating to stephanie over there well, I feel like what, what immediately came up is like, I'm here, I'm right here. Yeah, I, I've always been right here. And that you're, you're creating this block, you know? So really kind of looking at, um, I've, you know, as money, I'm here for relationship. And it's really just a matter of you opening up, you know, and, and realizing that it, it's here, it's already here. That's right. Because in our world, there's money everywhere. There's investors looking for places to put money and they can't find enough places to actually put their money, for example. There's clients all over the world who have issues with love and health and business who are looking for someone to help them and to give them their money, right? To invest their money into their transformation. So there's people everywhere with money looking to put it to good use, okay? So there is actually money everywhere if you really tune into that and you're feeling that right now and so now from this vantage point stephanie as money what do you want for stephanie and if oh, you're I listening wonder. yeah and, and for everyone listening just notice what does money want for you so stephanie what is as money what do you want for stephanie well, first of all, I just want her to relax. I just want her to know that it's all going to be okay. And that, um, that it's, it's absolutely possible and to have a very, very healthy relationship with money. And um, I just want her to know that, yeah, it's again, just being open to it and that there's this beautiful mutual flow between us that can happen. That's right. Beautiful. Yes, exactly. And then as money, what do you believe about Stephanie over there? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I believe that 
she has um, a very, very strong work ethic and yet has limited herself, maybe as you were saying earlier, by being so busy that she hasn't taken the time to allow me in, Ooh. in the ways that, in the ways that she really could. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Very nice. Okay. So this is chair two, the money chair. And so now Stephanie and everyone following along, you're going to move into chair three. And in Stephanie's case, this is going to be a, a standing chair. Okay. Standing position or kneeling. Very good. And so this is the position of the observer or the higher self or the superconscious. But this is where your higher self or your higher wisdom is looking at the situation between the person in chair one and money in chair two. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so you can think of this as being a, a place where you're connected to your higher self or source or spirit. This is a vantage point of great wisdom. So go ahead and just Stephanie and everyone just drop into this position, this place of great wisdom and great seeing and knowing. Okay. And now go ahead and just notice the you in chair one and the money in chair two. And from this place of wisdom and observation, What's the energy like between those two? Well, it's actually, I mean, from up here, I can see that it's already, there's this beautiful, you know, resonance that, that's happening and that it's only been certain beliefs and certain fears that keep it from being really like full flow. Yeah. And from that vantage point, what would you say is in the way of that full flow between these two? I would say, I mean, what, what's hitting me is that it feels like attention and time um, are, are going to be essential pieces of this and making money more of a priority. It's like making everything else priority with work and schedules and events and books and films. And yet that this piece can't be ignored. This is this essential, essential component. So really scheduling the time for this, for money. That's and, right. And, for yeah. Money. Yeah. Money, money loves attention, as does everything, right? So when you have plants in your home, they love attention, they love to be watered. Right. When you're in a relationship with a partner, your partner wants what from you more than anything else. That's right. Attention. Your attention. Yeah. And all the things that go with attention, right? The love, the affection, and so forth. Money wants that from you too. Right. So it wants your time and attention. It kind of makes sense, right? Just like if you don't give time and attention to a partner you know, what kind of relationship is that going to be? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it's exactly the same thing. Money. If you relate to money, like you would with a partner that you love, right. It's going to open that door. Okay. Beautiful. What needs to shift for them to be friends? Um, I think part of it, what I just automatically heard is, uh, for Stephanie shifting out of her head around money, shifting into her heart and really um, letting go of some of those limiting beliefs so that um, the relationship can just really be full. So the relationship can really be a daily dialogue. That is so fascinating. Yes. So if she's relating, she, 
you, she yes. <laughs> is relating to money from a heart place and not just a head place, right? Not just thinking about money, but having a heart connection with money. Yeah, things could be really different. Yeah. And what sort of heart connection could Stephanie have with money? I, I mean, I heard open-hearted fully. And I think that means, you know, again, it's dropping out of fear. It's, right. a, it's, a, it's really this, you know, part of a relationship also is building trust and knowing that, you know, like, like you're saying, like money wants to be there for you. I mean, and it is there for you. So it's really trusting this relationship and that yes. as you put more attention on it, it really will grow. Beautiful. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Okay. So now I'm going to invite you, Stephanie, to leave that chair, leave that position and everybody else following along and go ahead and just shake that off for a sec to step out of it, shake it off and then come all the way back to the first chair again. Back to you. And now as you're sitting there, bring all the learnings, all the energies from the other positions, just allowing them to all integrate in and go ahead and take a couple of nice slow breaths in and out, just allowing everything you just experienced to integrate in another breath in and out. Beautiful. Okay. And now go ahead and look over at the, at money again in that chair over there. And what does money look like now? It's funny. It just looks like it's illuminated. It just, I, it just feels like all these gold coins, like you'd imagine all this just, it just looks illuminated. Yeah. It's transformed, right? Yeah. yeah. And then notice how you feel about money now. Just go ahead and look over there and tune into it. I, I feel much more relaxed. I would have to say, I feel much more just joyful and connected. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just positively beaming right now. And <laughs> I mean, here we are talking about money and you're beaming, you're glowing, right? Your body language is nice and open. So, so yeah. So we just did a very powerful and deep experience to start to transform and shift how you relate to money itself. Yeah. I feel like my whole body feels just amazing right now. It's tingling. And I do, I just feel that just open and expansive sense of well-being really. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And when we can get into that place of being an inner alignment with money, like you just experienced where we experience as money being related to our well-being, then we can, then we can relate to money differently if we're business owners, we can go about doing the things in our business in a way where we feel a connection where money's about well-being, right? It's not about, it's not about greed or being better than other people or being disconnected from other people, but it's about well-being and we can share that well-being with other people too. Oh, that's, that's so beautiful. I mean, that, that to me goes so much along Patrick with a mantra that I use all the time, which is that as we heal, then we bring, we become this clear conduit for love and healing to come into the world. And same is true. I'm hearing and getting at a deeper level right now with our relationship with money. As we clear that out, we become that clear conduit to attract more money and to share more money. Exactly. So is there anything you'd like to say about that experience? Anything beyond what you've already shared? Well, I'm just, I'm thrilled to see how this manifests in my life. I mean, I really feel 
I, I can feel, you know, I've, I've said this at times when I've done bioenergetics or different modalities, like there feels like there's some cellular shift. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things I'm a big fan of is not just talking about our issues or about our blocks, but then actually going to the root cause, going to the source of what's there and then being able to transform it at the core. And so that's what we did there was we went straight to the core of how do you experience money? How do you relate to money? And then we allowed that to shift by going through a little magical process here. So wonderful. Patrick, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm curious, how do people get a hold of you so they can start doing this work? If this is something that really resonated with them, I'm, I'm just so excited to share this. Yeah, you can find me at innercoach.com and there's a contact page. And uh, mostly these days, I'm either uh, training coaches and healers how to do transformational processes just like this one. So last year, I trained 80 people how to do, as who are coaches and practitioners, how to do this money chairs activity that you just experienced. I also take groups of people through money transformation and other types of transformation for them themselves. And I do have a, a few clients that I work with one-on-one. So if you're interested in knowing about my groups or one-on-one work, feel free to reach out to me at innercoach.com. Awesome, Patrick. And, and as we're wrapping up for today, what a, what a wonderful episode this has been. I've loved this so much. Thank you for inviting me to participate in this way. Um, I, I just feel fantastic. And I'm curious, um, what would, if, if you were to leave your essential message with the audience, what do you want them to know? Ooh. I want to know that people don't have to give their power away when it comes to money, when it comes to business. All of the blocks I mentioned earlier on in the call are ways that we give our power away to other people or to money uh, or to other things in life, like uh, to many of the beliefs or illusions that we have about how people relate to money. And so my message here is that you can be in your power with money. You can transform how you are with money right now. And that money is much bigger than just dollars and coins. But as you said, it's well-being, it's connection, it's our power. There's so much more to money than just dollars in the bank account. And so I want to encourage people to to talk about money with friends, with family, to explore the energy of money and to transform money so that they transform their relationship with money so they can bring their gifts and their impact out into the world the way they're meant to. Oh, thank you, Patrick. So awesome and such a joy to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all this wisdom with us. Thank you, Stephanie. It's been such a pleasure being with you and I appreciate your courage to lean into these exercises and to to, you know, be the role model, to be the lead, taking people through these sorts of transformations by doing it yourself. So appreciate that. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you all of you listeners for joining us here on The Spark with Stephanie James. We're igniting your best life. Make sure you subscribe so you continue to get beautiful depth and content just like today. So go to stephaniejames.world for more information. Listen in on bbsradio.com. So great to have you with us here at The Spark. Bye, everybody. 
Bye. <laughs> <laughs>